I guess you could say I've been preparing for this message my whole life long. Yeah, because I grew up in a Christian family. Uh, we went to worship on Sunday morning. We went to Sunday school on Sunday nights as I got older. I went to Methodist Youth Fellowship. I, even when I went to college, I went to the Wesley Foundation at A&M. And I've just been shaped by the Christian faith my whole life long. Through Boy Scouts and even through the schools, um, I've been aware of the principles that were involved in these Ten Commandments. My suspicion is many of you have been shaped like I have, that there's not a time that you can't remember when the Ten Commandments have kind of permeated our, our lives. Am, am I right? Yeah. I want to give you the context in our Bible story. This is just the second book in from uh, the very beginning, and the Hebrew children have been captives as slaves in Egypt for hundreds of years, and they're finally free. That's what the word exodus means. They have exited uh, Egypt, and they're out now in the desert, and they're kind of wandering around, and they need some guidance, some guidelines. And so God gives them these guidelines, these 10 best ways to live. So in our Bible, uh, they're called the 10 words. Did you see that in the scripture passage that Jenny read there? Uh, God gave these 10 words. I want to do the Hebrew for you here, if I may. So <clears throat> this is in our library, and I find it on a shelf there, and I had Jonathan take a picture of that so that you could see the Hebrew. And you say, well, this looks real simple, these, these two tablets. And there's a word that's repeated over and over again. So it reads from right to left. Don't get confused, but it reads from right to left every time. And there's a word that's, that looks like a backwards L and then like an X. And that's the word lo, which in Hebrew means no. And so it's only eight no's and two positives. Get this, friends. God says there's only eight things you need to avoid. <laughs> in order to live well. And there's two positive things you can do to live really well. I, it, let's keep it simple here, okay? Um, to, show, to show you the enduring quality of the Ten Commandments, we were visiting as a worship team, and uh, I think, Diana, you were the one who said, did you know about the text message version of the Ten Commandments? No, I did not. So you can look this up later as you Google it, or you can go to my blog this week and find out about this. I know that's too small for you to read, so we're going to blow it up for you here, okay? So here's the text message. Hey, Moses. Hey, God, what's up? <laughs> Number one, what does that say? It's, it's real small. No one before me. Seriously, right? <laughs> Number two, don't worship pics, pictures, slash idols, all right? Number three, no, oh my gods. <laughs> Number four, no work on weekends, Saturday for now, Sunday later, okay? <laughs> Number five, what is a POS? What does that stand for? Parents, does that stand for parents okay? What was it? You are, your mom and dad are our cool is what it says, okay. Number six, don't kill people. Number seven, what is that face? Only with your mate. Can we leave it at that? You know what I'm talking about here. Okay, so, all right. 
Number eight, don't steal. Number nine, don't lie regarding best friend. And number 10, uh, don't ogle (laughs) your best friend's mate or ox or donkey. Uh, What what does MYOB mean? What does that stand for? Mind your own business. business. Okay, thank you. See, I'm so sorry. Okay, cool. That's what I got. All right, great, great. Thank you. So, oh, y'all are going to clap. All right. Have you ever thought about this? Why 10? You know, wouldn't three be enough? (laughs) 12, 15, you know, why 10? I do think there's a memory device going on here, like I did with the children here, that how many fingers do you have, right? So when I was in high school at MYF, Methodist Youth Fellowship, on Sunday night, the preacher's kid, his name was Bill, and he was kind of a wild child, Sometimes that happens with preacher's kids. But one thing he taught us was the Ten Commandments with our fingers. Will y'all do this with me now so you won't leave me struggling up here? Will you do it? So can you be ready? Here's a, see, I'm, I'm repeating and repeating. At least you'll get the Ten Commandments when you leave worship this day. Number one, right? No other gods. There's only one God. Yeah. Number two, do you see the horns? No false idols. Okay, get it? Three, I do Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Don't misuse God's name. See? Yeah. Four, I do little table legs here. Do you see the table legs and then the flat table? Do you see the table? Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Yeah? Five, oh, honor, honor your father and your mother. Open hand to them. Yeah. <laughs> Some parents are pointing at kids. <laughs> okay. Honor, <laughs> honor your father and mother, right? Six, do you see it? Don't kill, huh? Don't kill. Seven, hmm, I can see some legs here, or maybe cross legs. No, don't break up marriage, huh? Okay. (laughs) Okay, moving on. Eight, eight, I, I see, this is a little difficult. I see the number eight, and I see handcuffs, okay? I said, don't steal, don't steal, all right? Get it? Okay. Nine, Four doesn't equal five. Don't lie. No false witness. Okay? Got it? Huh? Pretty good. Ten. You see those grabby hands? Don't covet. Don't, don't reach for what's not yours. Okay? You got it? I, now you can know all ten, right? You can oppress your friends and neighbors. Leave worship here. You got the Ten Commandments. Great. Okay. In this season of Lent, I've been going through the promises of God. Each week, we've been going to a different covenant we find And this week, it is a covenant. It is a promise that God wants us to live through these 10 best ways. When we do godly play, that's what we call the Ten Commandments, the 10 best ways to live. Yeah. So, in godly play, we do wondering kinds of questions after we consider these 10 best ways to live. So, I'm going to pause now and do a little wondering with you. You go down deep in your souls with me, okay? I wonder which one of these 10 best ways to live is best for you. (laughs) I wonder which one of these is the most important. I wonder which one is especially for you today. (laughs) 
Here's one that's not on the list, but one I wonder about. I wonder which one you want to leave out. <laughs> Wish that one wasn't on there. So, I had a member of my church in San Saba, and I'm going to tell a story on him, and I'm going to use his name because he would tell the story over and over again in mixed company, all kinds of groups, so it wasn't a confidence that he relayed only to me. His last name was Bird, and he got the nickname Tweet, so everybody called him Tweet Bird, all right? A pecan buyer there in San Saba. So, Tweet Bird said this one day in a group of us. He said, Preacher, he said, I've broken all of the Ten Commandments except two, and I'm not telling you which two. <laughs> Is that you <laughs> today? Um, these are hard to keep, aren't they? I mean, if we use them as sort of laws, as, as penalty kinds of things, I mean, don't they feel like they're really weighty, heavy hard on us, um, and if not hard on us, we try to make hard on other people. Can I get an amen? Uh, we try to catch other people, and uh, you broke number. Uh, but that's not God's intent. I think God gave us these ten best ways of living so that we might live. I'm going to go just real quickly not over all of them, but just some of my initial impressions as I reread them this past week. Get the context for this. At the very beginning, before the commandments even begin, what does God say? Hey, remember who I am. I am the Lord your God who saved you out of the house of slavery in Egypt. God wants us to live. God wants to set us free. Maybe you have felt entrapped in bondage to something, someone and God says to you, that's not my intent for you. I want you to live, live freely. I'm that kind of God, the God who sets you free. That second one was really harsh. Did you hear that about no other gods, uh, the, the false gods, uh, the idols worshiping to them? If you go that way, I'll, I'll remember the parents' sin to the third and fourth generation. We forget what the next line says. But those who love me and keep my commandments... To the thousandth generation, I love them. I emphasize that part. God really wants us to live, get our priorities straight so that we can live and prosper for generations to come. That fourth one about Sabbath rest. Hey, friends, what's my biggest work day? <laughs> what's my longest day? <laughs> it's Sunday. I take a Jewish Sabbath. Friday night to Saturday night, most of the time, is the time when I rest. It's not a legalism, it's a freedom to us. I didn't make you to be a machine, God says. I didn't make you to be a slave like you were in, in Egypt. I've come to set you free. You're not utilitarian. <laughs> you are my creatures, you're my children. I made you to rest. And that, uh, that fifth one about honoring parents, what did it say was the promise there? So that you may live long in the land. What a good thing it is for us to honor elders and have that kind of continuity of wisdom going on in our lives. Sixth one, don't kill. That's pretty obvious about living. 
And you say, well, I've never murdered anybody. But my goodness, I know for myself, I've said words that have slayed people's hearts. I wish I could take them back just when they've left my mouth, how I have killed people's souls sometimes. Oh, a little humor at this point. The seventh one, do you remember what that one was about? <laughs> about adultery? So Kathy was in the early service, and I, I, I said this. Friends, I can't keep up with one spouse, all right? I, that's one's too many for me. I, you know, to have more relationships than that of intimacy, I, that, that's a killer to me. Uh, can I get an amen? Okay, okay. So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, we, and what a, what a freedom it is to have this intimacy with this one person and not have, not have to worry about keeping up with all these other folks. If you go through these ten best ways of living, my suspicion is you'll come to a place that I came to at this point in the message, and that is this. We don't keep these. We don't follow these. We don't accept the freedom and the promises that God gives us. And we can't. Here's one of my first takeaways. We have to throw ourselves on God's mercy. <laughs> I mean, if you really want to get hard on yourself, go see what Jesus said when he did a review of these in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew's Gospel. Have you read these chapters? Chapters like 5 through 7 in Matthew's Gospel. Jesus said something like, uh, uh, you've heard it said, don't kill. And Jesus says, uh, if you're even angry with your brother, <laughs> you know, out of control anger. Uh, you've as much as killed that person. Wow. Uh, and about that seventh commandment, about no adultery, Jesus said, if you've had lust in your heart, you've as much as uh, broken that commandment. Do you remember Jimmy Carter? Any of y'all old enough to remember that? Yeah. We can't keep these. We don't keep these. We have to throw ourselves on God's mercy. I think that's one of the things the Ten Commandments call us to do. Martin Luther, remember that one who started the Reformation there? He said, the Ten Commandments are a call to confession. <laughs> I think that is a good use of these for us to live. We need to go to God and say, help me. I cannot save myself. I can't keep all of the laws. Eight, ten, whatever. It doesn't matter. I can't do it without your help. That's the first takeaway for me. John Calvin had a, a helpful word. He who started the, uh, another level of reformation and the, eventually became the Presbyterian church. He said, the Ten Commandments are a word of pardon and assurance to us. They do set us free, especially as we come to community. When we do this in community... I've had a lot of spiritual directors over the years, and uh, so this is a way for me to practice community, to be held accountable. And I remember one of my first ones was a Lutheran pastor. And at our first meeting together, um, I was saying, uh, how do we get started? He said, well, a good way for us to get started is to do an examine. I go, what is that? And he goes, well, we could go through the Ten Commandments, he said, but a much simpler way is simply to do this. He said, how are you loving God? And how are you loving people? We had a lot to talk about. 
in this confession and word of pardon and assurance as I held myself accountable to another person in community. How are you loving God and loving people? It's, it's not about law, see? It's about life. <laughs> it's about loving God and loving people. Tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. over here at Law Model Inn, I'll be meeting with three other United Methodist pastors as we practice this community, as we hold one another accountable, as we pray for one another. Where does that happen in your life? Where you throw yourself upon God's mercy and upon the mercy of some of his people. Is that a Sunday school class or a Bible study or mom-to-mom group or choir or whatever? We can't do it by ourselves. We need one another. Maybe that's why we come. Maybe that's why we come to worship here is to continue to practice that accountability and to say, God, help me. I can't do it by, my, by myself. I need your mercy. It, it looks a whole lot like what I was trying to do here with the kids during this Lenten season. This promise to live by looks a whole lot like this. Love God, love people, and there is one who has done that for us. And we keep going to this one and saying, help me. Help me to live. And Jesus does. That's the good news I have to share with you this day. Amen.